Hey friends, and welcome to episode 200 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, time management coach, speaker, and author of Time Management Essentials. And today, we are celebrating the 200th episode of It's About Time, and I'm celebrating by handing the mic over to you. Usually, I'm the one asking questions whenever I interview guests on the show, but this week, you are asking the questions. A few weeks ago, I asked my listeners, my email subscribers, and friends on Instagram to submit their burning questions about time management, productivity, and just life in general, and I am so excited to answer them today. So in this episode, I'm answering your questions all about how I get unstuck when I'm feeling stuck, how I find the motivation to get things done when my motivation has gone missing. I'll tell you what exactly a capture system is and how having one keeps me from losing my mind. And definitely be sure to stick around until the end of the show to find out the winner of the 200th episode giveaway. The giveaway winner gets to spend a full hour with me talking through time management challenges and walking away with solutions in a time management coaching session. I seriously cannot wait. And to continue the celebrations, you might have noticed brand new podcast cover art whenever you popped into your favorite podcast app. We decided it was time for an It's About Time glow up over here, so we're so excited to debut our brand new look that you voted on. Thank you so much for casting your vote to choose It's About Time's new look. I absolutely love it. Could not have picked something better myself, so thank you. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and you're listening in the car while you're running errands or you're doing stuff around the house, I know it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes. Don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details from today's episode over in the show notes, plus links to any of the resources I'll mention. And today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 200. And speaking of resources, I've got a free one for you that you are going to love. If you're starting to think about how you want to spend your time in 2024, even a teeny tiny little bit, you're going to want to take a look at the list of 101 inspired goal ideas for 2024 that I created just for you. One of the most frequent questions I get as a time management coach is, what kind of goals should I even be setting? I don't know where to start. If you know that you want to live with purpose and intention in 2024, but you're not exactly sure what you want that to look like, head over to the show notes for this episode. Again, that's abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 200 and grab this free guide. It's called Dream Big, 101 Inspired Goal Ideas for 2024. Inside, you'll find 101 curated goal ideas for designing your most well-rounded and exciting 2024. This comprehensive collection of actionable goals is organized for you by category, personal, professional, financial, and fun. If you've ever gotten stuck in the brainstorming phase and want more focused goal setting and faster results, this ready-to-use list is your inspiration. No more brainstorming from scratch. Use this list to have more clearly defined plans for the year ahead. Again, head over to the show notes for this episode, abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 200 and download Dream Big 101 Inspired Goal Ideas for 2024 for free today. 
All right, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. All right, we're kicking it off with a question from my friend, Lauren Felter. Hey, Anna, it's your friend Felter, currently living in Oregon. As a two-time It's About Time podcast guest, I would love to know, what are some lessons that you've learned about time management as someone who has put out 200 episodes of a podcast over several years? Great question. When I started this podcast back in December of 2019, I definitely didn't go into it knowing everything about time management. And let's be honest, I still don't. Time management isn't like running a race to a finish line where one day you just know everything and it all goes perfectly. Instead, time management is like a practice, a craft. It's like yoga. You're constantly learning, changing, and adapting, and you can never truly know everything. But for me, three big time management lessons come to mind. First, good things take time. I decided on September 24th, 2019, that I would start a podcast. I know this because I've kept a sentence a day journal since January of 2019. And the entry on September 24th, 2019 says, Millie girl is eight months old today. I started asking a lot of questions on IG today about podcasts versus YouTube. I'm going to start a podcast. And then about 70 days later, the first five episodes dropped on December 2nd. The path from decision to fruition wasn't fast. In those 70 days, there was planning, research, more planning, writing, recording, designing, editing. Good things take time and overnight success isn't really a thing. Second, I've learned that systems and workflows truly do make life so much easier. One of the things I worked really hard on during those 70 days between idea to go time was mapping out all of the steps involved to create a podcast episode from start to finish. I knew it needed to be repeatable in order to create a consistent experience for y'all, the listeners, and it needed to be efficient because I was doing everything myself in the very beginning. And it needed to be captured somewhere so I didn't have to rack my brain to remember all of the steps each week and possibly forget something. So I looked at somebody else's workflow to get an idea of how it's done. And next, I customized it to make sense for me and my show. Then I captured each and every step in Trello, one of my favorite project management tools, and I created a template that I could use for each episode, a version for solo shows and a version for interview shows. I can absolutely credit having my systems and workflows in place from the very beginning as the main reason why I've been able to put out episodes week in and week out for these past few years. Plus, having the workflow captured has made outsourcing pieces of it along the way so much easier. 
And of course, in addition to the podcast, I've found that having systems, workflows, or routines in place for other parts of life is just as important. The third big thing I've learned is that planning is everything. From big picture planning, like episode themes for each month, to the guests that I want to invite to be on the show, to detail-oriented planning, like when, within each week, I'll carve out time to work on the show. If I were just winging it, it's unlikely we'd be celebrating episode 200. I would have burned out a long time ago. Planning is key. This is true with a podcast and with so many other things in life. So top three lessons in 200 episodes of It's About Time. Good things take time. Systems, workflows, and routines make life easier. And planning is everything. Thanks so much for the great question, Filter. Okay, here's the next question from Elizabeth. Hey, Anna. It's Elizabeth Rosito. I just wanted to say congrats on making it to 200. Wow, that's such an accomplishment. And it's been amazing to have you with us in our lives along for the ride. My question for you is, when you find yourself stuck, maybe you're just stuck on a problem, you're stuck on a goal, you're feeling a little stuck in life, what do you do to help get yourself unstuck? Thanks so much. Bye. Well, first, Elizabeth, thank you so much. As they say at Chick-fil-A, it has truly been my pleasure and awesome question. Yes, as a time management coach, I get stuck too. And whenever I do get stuck and realize that, yes, I am feeling stuck, I tend to do the same few things to get myself unstuck. First, I take a step back. I take a break. Sometimes it turns out that the stuckness is just from being tired. And after taking a break, I feel a lot better and keep rocking and rolling along. Then I ask myself, okay, what's really going on here? Taking a step back enables me to get some perspective on why I feel the way that I do. Am I intimidated or worried about whatever it is I'm working on? Am I unsure of the next steps? Am I feeling scatterbrained and need to tidy my office and clear out some clutter? Usually when I pause, take a step back and ask myself, hey, what's really going on here? The perspective I get enables me to figure out the next step forward. And that's step three. What's my next step? So I'll give you a work example and a non-work example of when I've done this and what happened. About this time last year, I started working on a new time management digital product. I mapped out everything that would be included, and then I didn't really do anything with it. And I was really hard on myself because I was just letting it sit there and I wasn't making progress but I just couldn't bring myself to work on it. And this went on for a little while with no progress made. And so I stopped and I asked myself, okay, what's really going on here? And I realized that I just wasn't excited about this thing that I had set out to make. I started putting it together because a coach told me that that's what I should do. But to be honest, it just didn't feel right to me. So once I asked myself the question, what's really going on here? I decided to let that product idea go and give my energy to serving in a different way. I took a step back. I asked myself, what's really going on here? And then I took my next step, which was moving forward without it. And here's a non-work example. A few months ago, I just felt bleh 
I'd gained some weight. I didn't like the way my clothes were fitting. I was feeling anxiety on the regular, mood swings. I wasn't sleeping well. And I just overall didn't like the way I felt. And I didn't even know where to start when it came to eating right. And every other sentence and article on the internet just felt like conflicting information about my health, how to fix this. And so I truly felt stuck. So I paused and I asked myself, all right, what's really going on here? I realized that I felt stuck because I wanted to change how I felt, but I didn't know how or where to start. And I didn't feel equipped enough to sift through all of the conflicting information out there. So I decided that my next step would be to reach out to someone who knows more than I do. My friend Kristen Nash happens to be an amazing functional nutritionist and hormone expert. She set me up with lots of tests to get to the bottom, the root cause of what was going on with my body, the way that I felt. She set me up with a nutrition plan, supplements, and more. By the way, I do feel a whole lot better now, and I can't wait to introduce you to Kristen in a future podcast episode. So that sums it up when I'm feeling stuck. I stop, I take a step back, and I ask myself, okay, what's really going on here? And then I identify my next step. I hope that was helpful, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for your question. All right. So the next question is about finding motivation. Hi, Anna. This is Robin from New Orleans. What is something you do to help get your motivation back when you're feeling in a lull? When you know you have a giant to-do list, but you are very unmotivated and you're trying to get back on track with your ideal week. What helps you get back on track? Thanks so much. Oh, yes, Robin. I totally know how this feels. You have stuff to do, but you just don't feel like doing any of it. It happens to all of us. So the first thing I do is kind of similar, but a little bit different to how I deal with feeling stuck. I take a step back and I check in with myself, but on these two specific things, my sleep and my nutrition. Were you expecting that? If you remember from episode 198, the quality of our sleep and our food can have a huge impact on our motivation, our creativity, our innovation, our productivity, and more. So I ask myself, first, how have I been sleeping? If I'm going on a few nights in a row of a kiddo waking up to a bad dream or ending up in our bed for whatever reason, that might be the cause of my motivation problems. I'm just tired. It is hard to be motivated when you're exhausted. And when that's the case, I do my best to first be gentle with myself and then get back on track with my sleep. Next, I'll ask myself, how have I been eating lately? Since starting to work with Kristen Nash, my functional nutritionist I just mentioned, I've made a lot of changes to my diet. Cutting out gluten for the most part, cutting back on dairy, processed foods, reducing my caffeine intake. So if I'm feeling unmotivated and kind of blah, I look back on what I've eaten for the past few days. If I've been eating junk and not taking my supplements, that might have something to do with my motivation. So after checking in with those two things, my sleep and my diet, I reconnect with my why, my vision and my values. In my book, Time Management Essentials, I talk about the importance of getting clear on your vision and your values in chapter one. It's that important. 
Your vision and your values, they're the fire that get you started and the motivational fuel that keep you going when the going gets tough. When I'm feeling unmotivated, as cheesy as it sounds, I look at my vision board. Oh yeah, I have made a vision board every year since 2018. And after I set goals for the year, I pull images that represent my goals and how I want to spend my time. And I arrange them using Canva, a graphic design tool. And then I print out my vision board and I hang it up where I'll see it every single day. Right now, it's hanging in my closet, right next to my jewelry and my mirror. It's awesome because I'm able to look at each of these items on my vision board and ask myself, how am I doing? When I'm feeling unmotivated, reminding myself of my vision by looking at my vision board is usually the spark that gets me motivated and keeps me going. And if you've ever done my Ready, Set, Goals goal setting workshop, it's coming back for 2023 and it includes a bonus vision board masterclass and a drag and drop collection of vision board templates. So be on the lookout for more details coming soon. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. All right, the next question is from Shannon Derman. Shannon asks, could you explain your capture system again and how you keep track of items that come up from school, work, and home that need to be handled? Shannon, I am so glad you asked. You know, creating a capture system isn't something that I've talked about a whole lot on the podcast, and I should probably share about it more often. So have you ever felt like your brain is moving a mile a minute? Well, if you have, that's probably because healthy adults process an average of 6,200, so that's 6,200 thoughts every single day. 
We're constantly making mental connections, coming up with ideas and thinking about things that we need to do. But the reality of life is that we can't act on every single thought we have right when we have it. Sometimes you remember while you're grocery shopping that you need to pick up a birthday gift for a party. Sometimes when you're focused on a work project, you remember that you need to follow up on the status of a different project. And come on, some of our best light bulb moments happen when we're in the shower. One of the biggest mistakes we can make when it comes to productivity is acting on our ideas the moment we have them. So what do we do then with all of these ideas and things to do and random thoughts that we shouldn't act on right now, but we don't want to forget them either? So this is where having a capture system saves the day. A capture system is a dedicated method for capturing your ideas and important information. And capture tools can take many forms, while a sticky note and an online task management system are both examples of capture tools. Some tools are going to be more effective at capturing your ideas and to-dos in a way that keeps them easily organized and accessible when you need them. And one important clarification, your to-do list is not a capture tool. Instead, the notepad, journal, the app, or, you know, the random scraps of paper where you keep your to-do list is the actual capture tool. You see what I mean? So in most cases, it's smart to have at least three capture tools, a high-tech capture tool, a low-tech capture tool, and a physical inbox. All right, so that's high-tech, low-tech, and a physical inbox. I go into more detail about how to choose your high-tech, low-tech, and physical inbox in Chapter 8 of Time Management Essentials, but let me give you a quick overview of my tools. My high-tech capture is the project management tool Asana. If you've been listening since the beginning, then you know that I used to be a huge fan of Trello, and I still love Trello. It's my first love. But as my business has become more complex and my team has grown, I found that Asana's functionality is a better fit for us now. My low capture tool is a notebook, but y'all, it is not just any notebook. It's this sugar paper notebook that I found at Target a year or two ago. The paper quality is amazing. The spiral binding is gold and the cover is blue and white striped. I check for them every single time I go into Target and buy all of them to stock up. I am going to be devastated if they stop making it. I've probably gone through 10 of these notebooks so far. And then finally, my physical inbox is just a simple white inbox tray that I keep in my office. So that's the what. Now here's how it all works together to keep me sane. Whenever something random pops into my head, it either goes in the notebook or into a sauna. If I'm in the middle of something and I'm trying to stay focused, it goes in the notebook, and then I'll put it into a sauna later. And then whenever I put something into a sauna, it goes into a specific place, either my tasks or a specific project board. And if something that I think of doesn't really have a place, it goes on a board I've created called Scratchpad, so it has a home. A home that isn't in my head or a random scrap of paper or a literal scratch pad that I won't be able to locate within a week. What I love about Asana, and most digital project management tools have this function, Trello did too, is that I can assign a deadline to a task and then assign that task to myself so I can easily revisit it at some specific time in the future. Instead of ordering the Amazon gift immediately, 
I'm able to batch order things on Fridays. If I need to remember to find crazy socks for the girls for a school spirit week, I can put it in my Asana and set a reminder to make it happen. Honestly, I really could dedicate an entire episode series to the benefits of having a capture system, but for now, I'll stop here. And again, if you want to dive into tackling mental clutter with a capture system and other awesome tools and strategies, be sure to check out chapter eight inside of my book, Time Management Essentials, for even more details and how-tos. So our next question comes from Tammy, and she asks, I have a plan for the day. As soon as I get to the office, I start thinking of things I forgot to add to my list. So I start doing those things so I won't forget them and then maybe get to my list midday, which throws everything off. How do I start my day with the plan I've already created without interruption? I supervise 18 people and wear many hats. Is it possible for me to be organized or is this how it will be for me? Oh, my friend Tammy, your story sounds so similar to mine years ago while I was still working in communications. I genuinely believe that if I'd know then what I know now, my life and my career might look a lot different. Now, I didn't supervise 18 people like you are, Tammy, but I was juggling about that many different clients and projects at a time. That capture system that I just talked about, creating something like that could be huge for you. That way, as you think of things, you have a set, clearly defined place to put them. You get them out of your head and you store them somewhere else, like a low-tech notebook or a high-tech task management system. The thing is, whenever you think of things and you just start doing them, you're not able to prioritize them alongside those other things that were already on your list. So instead of just jumping in and doing the things that you forgot to put on your list before you start your list, consider stopping first to jot down those things that you remembered and prioritize them alongside your original list. Where do the new things fit in with your original plan? And then once you've prioritized the new stuff with the original stuff and integrated your list, you're able to create a more strategic plan for getting things done. So I hope you'll give that a try and let us know how it goes. Wishing you the best, Tammy. All right, our next question comes from Gloria. Hi, Anna. This is Gloria from Metairie, Louisiana. And I'm wondering, how do I deal with a boss who's more disorganized and has more time management issues than I do? Help, Anna. Oh gosh, Gloria, that's a tough one, especially when your boss's habits are impacting your ability to get things done. Time management issues can come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. I'm going to bet that your boss's time management shortcomings are resulting in some unnecessary fires and emergencies, possibly causing you to be late or to be unsure of deadlines or priorities. And this is rough. And when this is the case, the best thing you can do is your best. If your boss is causing last minute problems, and this is a consistent issue, what can you do to get ahead of it and almost anticipate the chaos before it happens? How can you be organized for yourself to counteract some of the chaos? One thing I found in past roles was that when I took the initiative to create a system or a workflow for myself, I could adapt it to my boss's craziness. For example, 
I worked for one boss about 10 years ago who was pretty terrible at time management and time boundaries. I would get emails starting at around four in the morning pretty consistently throughout the day until about midnight. One of my responsibilities was to write his speeches and manage his speaking invitations and speaking calendar. There were a lot of moving pieces and he could be a bit scattered to say the least. So I created a system for gathering every single piece of information he could possibly need in order to make a decision about whether to say yes or no to a speaking invitation. I created a questionnaire that had to be completed by the meeting organizer, the person requesting him to speak, and I'd keep all of this information organized in a binder and present it to him once a week so he could make decisions. This really cut back on all of the random last minute speaking stuff and it kept me from having to stay up all night working on speeches because I'd created a way to control the chaos, adapt to his craziness, be proactive and get ahead of it. And finally, Gloria, if your boss's bad habits are consistently impacting your ability to do your job, and that's beginning to impact your health and well-being by causing anxiety or prolonged frustration, if it's impacting your sleep, it might be time to start looking for a new opportunity. You never know what better fit could be out there waiting for you. You are so capable. You are so skilled. You have so much potential. And I would hate for you to waste it somewhere that you can't truly shine and be your best self. All right. Our last question is from Nani Conklin, and Nani writes, How do you recommend balancing keeping a big picture view of your moving projects with not getting overwhelmed by everything you've got going on? I've heard some productivity experts recommend creating a bird's eye view version of everything you've got going on and coming up, which sounds like a good way to keep myself from feeling like I'm forgetting about something. However, I'm not sure what that practically looks like, and I'm curious if you've set up anything like this. Hey, Nani, I love this question. First things first, I wanted to find moving projects, just in case someone's listening and you've never heard this term before. So moving projects are what I call anything in your life that is a project, which is something that has multiple steps and usually a specific endpoint. And that project is currently in motion, as in you've already started it or taken that first step to making it happen. Fun fact about overwhelm, which honestly, it's just not very fun, but <laughs> overwhelm is usually a result of the variety of the different projects on our plate, not the number of hours that we're working. And when all of the different things that we're working on are swirling around in our head, it's even worse. We feel like we're stuck in this tornado of things to do. So instead of riding out the tornado, grasping for something to hold on to, I encourage my one-on-one -on -one time management clients to make a list of all of their moving projects and then to keep that list visible. So for some of you, your moving project list is going to look like a list of your current clients or the events you're planning, or the weddings you have coming up to photograph, or the houses you currently have on the market, or the buyers that you're working with, the renovation projects currently underway in your home. When you can see all of your moving projects in one place, you're able to have a bird's eye view, a big picture view of the big things that are on your mind, taking up your headspace, and competing for your time. So what does this look like in real life? What does this look like practically? 
Well, it can look like keeping a list of your moving projects on a dry erase board in your office or on a piece of paper taped to the wall. Maybe you can write them all down on a post-it note wherever as long as you can see it. But if you have a lot of moving projects, it can be overwhelming to see them all in one place. Here are a few things that you can do to keep the overwhelm in check after you've created your moving projects list. First, make sure that it truly is big picture. The more details you add, the more overwhelming it's going to feel. So keep it high level. In last week's episode, I talked about how important it is to break projects down into smaller steps to make them more manageable. That is not what we're doing here. So instead of being super detailed, stay big and broad. The purpose of this list is to be a quick overview, a memory jogger of what's on your plate. Second, identify the projects that are closest to being finished. What can you do in the next few weeks to wrap these up and get them off of your plate so you can reduce the number of your currently moving projects and therefore reduce your overwhelm? And then third, what can you cut or pause in order to put more energy toward the moving projects that are close to the finish line? The more spread out your energy is across all of these different projects, the less progress you're going to make in any one direction. So Nani, I hope this is helpful. Keep those moving projects big picture. Don't get bogged down in the details for this helpful overview list and look for opportunities to reduce your moving projects so you can direct more of your energy, time, and brain space to fewer projects. Speaking of big picture, my big picture year printable calendars are back for 2024. With this calendar collection, you can easily visualize your entire year at a glance and strategically plan your downtime, your vacations, and your self-care alongside your launches, promo periods, and busy seasons. These printable calendars come in four different colors, peony pink, classic navy, cool gray, and hydrangea blue in both portrait and landscape. And you'll get letter size versions too, so you can choose the perfect fit for your home or workspace. Head to mybigpictureyear.com or just go straight to the show notes for this episode to start planning your big picture year today. So there you have it, your questions answered. This has been so much fun and I'm definitely going to have to put all of you in the host seat again soon and not wait for 200 more episodes to pass before I do it. And you better believe I'm not going to forget to announce the winner of the 200th episode giveaway. Thank you so much to everyone who entered and congratulations, Veronica or D. I'll be reaching out to you via email to get your coaching session all set up. I seriously cannot wait. As always, all of the details from today's episode can be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 200. And while you're there, don't forget to download Dream Big 101 Inspired Goal Ideas for 2024. And if you're ready to get a head start on planning 2024, you'll definitely want to head to mybigpictureyear.com to grab the 2024 Big Picture Year Calendar Collection. Before we go, let me tell you a little bit about next week's episode, episode 201. Next week, we're diving into one of the most common and unfortunately one of the saddest reasons why we skip out on setting goals. We believe that we're not good enough. 
So why even try? Well, next week, I'm going to help you crush the self-doubt so you can believe and achieve. Get ready for a planning pep talk because it's coming your way soon. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of 200 episodes of It's About Time. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.